Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I never do that. I bring it every day for you guys, 30 minutes or less. Make sure you know everything going on in the NFL. Have some great guests today is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings. We're going to get the wisdom of Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. He does an unbelievable job as their number one draft analyst. But I've been noticing on his tweets, he also very much pays attention to how rookies are performing, which makes sense, right? He just spent all his time evaluating them as draft prospects, kind of want to see what they look like as NFL players. And I want to know which rookies are playing well and which rookies are not. I know it's early, but we'll get to that with Mike momentarily. It's already a hump day Wednesday, which means college draft is posted. Even money's posted. We'll post part one of the fantasy feast today. It also means we're only two days away from me announcing more winners. They get some of these glorious press passes signed by your boy or you get a signed picture, signed card. Everybody wants something different. That's cool. Just make sure you go to Instagram and like one of the at Ross Tucker pod posts. That's all you need to do. Like one of the at Ross Tucker pod posts on Instagram. That's who I'm picking for that. Sponsoring email could be Symbol. What company are you buying some stock in? And by company, I mean NFL team or ExpressVPN or Simply Safe or any of our great sponsors. Athletic Greens, love them all. And then the YouTube shout out is my fave because I re- literally just do a video on my phone for whoever you want it for and then send it to you. Send you the YouTube link, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Shout out to Jerry Byers. He's the latest new Tuckhead, patreon.com slash RT Media. I wonder if he had any relation to Keith Byers. Jerry, I was a big Keith Byers guy in the mid to late 80s as an Eagles fan. It's Mike Renner time. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, you got to check him out on social media, at PFF underscore Mike. And what I love about you, Mike, a lot of things. But one is you track how the guys do in the NFL. Like, I feel like some of the same people – that do, and I talk about this with Emory Hunt on the college draft all the time. 
some of the same people complaining about preseason games are draft gurus. I'm like, what are you talking about? You've just been talking about this kid from East Carolina for a year, and you're not going to watch in the preseason to see how he does? And then, obviously, regular season, even more important. So um, let's start with that, I guess, which is as part of your process for being the lead draft guy for Pro Football Focus, how important is it to kind of follow up and see how these guys play once they get to the NFL? That's my favorite part is watching rookies and watch them develop into year two, into year three. And to me, if you're not doing that as a draft analyst, you're missing the whole point of this. Like you're missing the end result of how do that, you know, what did you hit? What did you see that you hit on? What did you see that you missed on? And then learning from that. So uh, that's something I do every single year. And honestly, during the fall, I'm watching more NFL tape to get those insights and then translating them later in the season to what I see on a college football field uh, with those prospects. So, you know what else is interesting? Um, gosh, I got a bunch of things to say to you, but one thing is Monday night, two separate uh, topics. Number one, just watching Josh Allen, just how good he is, and thinking back to what he was at Wyoming and what he was even his first year or two with the Bills, or even Jalen Hurts and how well he played and looking back to his freshman year at Alabama or even how he played at the end of last season, I think people fail to realize that players – get better, and get worse. Now, getting worse is usually later in a guy's career, but you have to constantly be reevaluating these guys. So often, you know, we have a first impression on a guy, and then that just becomes what we think he is forever, right? That's just like the default. But guys get better. Guys get worse. Hertz and Josh Allen are tremendous examples of that. I mean, Mike, they're light night and day from what they were. Yeah, and they're the two highest grade quarterbacks at PFF right now in the NFL. You got Josh Allen one, you got Jalen Hurts two. As rookies, they were awful. You know, they were not good. There was everyone likes to write guys off right away. You know, we're seeing it with Zach Wilson, with Justin Fields. Like, give these guys time because a lot of times at a lot of different positions and quarterback, especially in my opinion, it's it's between the ears. It's how much work are you willing to put in? How much are you willing to improve that stuff? And then how much are, are you willing? to take the extra hours uh, that it takes to get that edge on competitors uh, in the, at the NFL level. So uh, it's something that's difficult, you know, for my position to evaluate, to say how that guy is going to act once he gets to the NFL. But with Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, you've seen it. They, they've put in the hours. They have improved at a number of different things that you said you shouldn't be able to improve at. They did it. So hats off to them. But it, it does go back to the fact that, you're projecting. You have to think forward when looking at these guys in the draft process and what they could be, and then ask yourself, do you think they're actually going to put in the work to do that at the end of the day? You know, and that is something that puts you at a disadvantage a little bit, and that's why NFL teams spend a tremendous amount of money on scouting. I think more than anything else now, Mike, scouts are on the road to talk to the assistant equipment manager, to talk to the secretary, to try to figure out what these kids are like. That doesn't necessarily mean how much they're going to improve or not, but obviously the more time the kid puts in, 
the more he cares about it greatly increases the likelihood of that person improving in the NFL as opposed to the guy that's gifted and just does the minimum, but maybe is more into video games or social media or whatever. I really think anybody can watch the tape. You know, the front office guys can watch the tape. They need to hear about these young men as people to try to gauge how good of a chance, how, how likely is it or not that they improve a lot as pros. Yeah, and your run-of-the-mill you know, scout, your area scout, is a glorified private investigator more than a tape-watching like analyst. Yeah, they, they have to uncover some gems at like smaller schools, but the known guys, they're getting evaluated by you know, the GM, the director of college personnel. Like They're getting evaluated by the big dogs up front. They're not going to listen necessarily to just a scouting report on a, one of the big-name guys you're going to have to go in the first round. And so that's when it comes down to the scouts being able to unearth things in their background that might be worrisome. And so when guys do fall in the draft for, you know, reported off-field red flags, they probably know more than we do. You know, is one of the things like, how did this guy fall to this position in the draft? Eh, there's probably reasons for it that we're just not going to hear about that they found behind the scenes. The other thing about rookies I think is interesting, watching these games, you know, even Monday night, Gabe Davis was hurt for the Bills. So Shakir from Boise State was out there, and they really like him. He's going to be a good player. But he made at least one mental mistake. He missed a block. You know, they're rookies. And on, on defense for the Titans, it feels like this is what happens, Mike. The Titans, Christian Fulton was hurt. And so in one of their packages – uh, Avery, Trey Avery was getting a lot of playing time. Mr. Von Diggs just assassinated him. You know what I mean? Just in that, like Trey Avery, undrafted rookie free agent from Rutgers is not ready to be covering Stefan Diggs in that game. Um, but this is what happens because when there's injuries, a lot of times your next guy up might be a rookie. And that's why a lot of times they don't want to play rookies is because rookies make mistakes. Yeah, and it's why it's difficult always to evaluate and project like rookies to year two because sometimes that year one, your head's spinning. Like, like they, they, they can be bad for no reason that relates to their football ability. It's more just, it's such a big transition for a lot of these guys that it can take a while. And, you know, we've seen it with blue chip guys as well as guys who maybe aren't as hero. Like Jeffrey Okuda came in the league and was awful and now towards the Achilles and now he's back and he's balling out this year. Like he looks great through the first two weeks, the guy kind of we expected Ohio State. So there's no set learning curve, but but it is always fun to see how those guys do translate immediately into the league. You know, it's interesting because I'm in a little bit of a different situation. But, man, my rookie year, I was just trying to make it, obviously, and figuring out what was going on. I went into my second year, like those OTAs, thought I was the best guy. Like, you know what I mean? I just like the difference in confidence mm-hmm. level – and comfort level from year one to year two is wild. So let's get into it. Um, who are some of the rookies, Mike, that are really playing well? Maybe it's people we we know and can see, or maybe it's people that are guys that are a little bit more under the radar. Obviously, you guys evaluate every player for every play. Yeah, I think the guys that you can really see and know that they're playing well are some of these wide receivers. Drake London has been as advertised as the first receiver off the board. Really a perfect fit for Arthur Smith's offense. And honestly, kind of like usurped Kyle Pitts as the top dog in that offense. Like Mariota's looking his way instead of Pitts' way more often than not. 
So Drake London has been fantastic and he's still young. He was 20 when he was drafted. So very impressed with him out the gate and Garrett Wilson this past week, he went over a hundred, two TDs, had the game when he scored and like he could have had more Flacco missed him on a number of plays, forced him out of bounds on one where he was wide open to where, you know, if he gets some rapport with Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson, you know, makes the proverbial leap forward, that's going to be a scary duo. And add Elijah Moore in, like, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Jets fan. And on the other side of the ball, too, is Sauce Gardner. He, he's been great through two games, even though he got a little hurt, banged up in week two. Uh, I think the Jets nailed it with their two top ten picks there. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Um, anybody else that's maybe not – not as obvious or that we can't see on the statue. Any linemen, O-linemen, D-linemen, or even other other defenders that maybe yeah, I'll give really you, perform well? I'll give you an offensive lineman, uh, right? Man after your heart hero. Tyler Smith, Dallas Cowboys. He's been the best rookie lineman, in my opinion. The, the guy who kind of – people didn't love that pick when he came out. Coming out of Tulsa, he was super raw. People were questioning whether he was worth a first rounder. I had him as a first round pick. I thought physically what he's capable of was impressive, as impressive as anyone in the class, honestly, right up there with like Iki Kwanu and Evan Neal, guys who went way higher than him in the first round. And he, he's been the best. He's as the highest grade of any of those guys through two weeks. Uh, now maybe he hasn't faced a Miles Garrett like Iki Kwanu has, but I, I think he's very much held his own. And he faced a guy like Shaq Baird, who's no slouch in his own right. So, Impressive for him, considering like he was considered a project. People didn't think he was going to start off and play well at the gate. So that's always encouraging. And then the defensive side of the ball, Malcolm Rodriguez, to me, is the story of this draft. The Lions linebacker, star of hard knocks. He's the real deal. The only knock on him really coming out was that he's tiny. I mean, 5'11", 225. Not a lot of people want that in the middle of their defense. People are looking for the Quay Walkers, the 6'4", wingspan guys. People aren't necessarily... You know, they're worried about what that's going to look like as a tackler at the next level, what it's going to look like taking on blocks. But he's the highest graded linebacker of this rookie class right now, leads the rookie class and stops. Like he just plays at a different speed than all these other guys in this linebacker class. And for that to translate as a rookie, like he's only going to get faster, right? So that, that's scary to think about. He's going to be a star there for a while for the Lions. Wow, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I know he was a star of hard knocks and – that's crazy for a rookie six-round pick. Who's six-round, yeah. right? Six-round. To be Very doing right. that. Usually they take a guy like that in the sixth round. It's like special teams. You know, like that's that's really why they get him. And now he's playing this well. What about, Mike, um, the other side? What about rookies that maybe have struggled, maybe aren't playing as well as we, we thought they might coming into the year? Well, I'm not going to – trash on the Trey Avery's of the world. There, there are a handful of those around the NFL right now that are gotten thrust into playing time that really, you know, you can tell they probably shouldn't be playing. But on the other side, uh, some of these tackles, the, the early drafted tackles, Evan Neal, Ikki Aquano, and, and now, yeah, they had some tough matchups, but they've looked rough in terms of pass protection, a number of ugly reps in their tape. But that's, that's to be expected, right? That, that's just the learning curve for rookie offensive linemen. That was, you know, Penny Sewell at the beginning of last year. It looked like a fish out of water at times. So those two, I'd say, have a rough go of it. And then another one, Kyler Gordon for the Bears. Rookie corner and tackle is always – it can be difficult out to get. We just talked about Jeffrey Okuda and how much he struggles as a rookie. Gordon led up over 100 yards this past week against the Packers. They were targeting – Aaron Rodgers had a target on his back all game long. Obviously thrust into playing time because they got no one else there in that secondary. But was a raw guy coming out of Washington, really played the slot more his last year at Washington than he did outside looks just not quite ready for the speed of the game at the moment. 
Curious about Kyle Hamilton, Mike. Um, you know, there were, I guess, mixed opinions on him coming out of the draft. I thought he was fantastic at Notre Dame. Ends up going lower than people thought he would go later in the draft. He's in Baltimore. I, You know, I don't study every play like you guys do. I've heard mixed reviews. What? How have you guys graded out Kyle Hamilton so far? Yeah, so he was the middle of the field guy on that first Tyreek touchdown the past, this past weekend, the post that went over Marcus Peters. It was he got his eyes kind of drawn up. And that's the thing is you're kind of worried about was his role at Notre Dame. He was rarely that true deep safety. Like they wanted to use him, especially his past year or his last year at Notre Dame, a lot more around the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and so he's in a different role with the Ravens. So he's had a coverage bust, but he's looked good as a tackler um, in terms of like laying the boom on guys as, as a couple misses on the year. But I, I don't think he's the, you know, a lot of people add him as like number one player in the class. Can't miss type of guy. I don't think we've seen anything quite like that of late. But it's not it's nothing to be worried about. Like I, I think the things we've seen from him are more mental mistakes so far than they are physical related on the football field. Any, uh, I don't know, surprises or anybody else? Maybe, a, you know, maybe there's like a mid or a late round pick playing for some team that I don't even know or I haven't realized yet that maybe is playing well was there any any anybody else out there because obviously you guys have these grades because you grade them any surprise any other yet yet one more chance to mention any other rookie for whatever reason yeah i'll, I'll give a shout out to dominique robinson for the bears I, I trashed one of the bears rookies i'll give him a shout he's a fifth rounder out of miami of ohio right up street here from where i live in cincinnati who started his career at quarterback for Miami, then went to wide receiver, and then only played two years at defensive end, which is not a transition you see a lot of guys make. Uh, and, and he had a couple wins against Mike McGlinchey in week one. You know, he's a real NFL offense tackle, had a couple sacks. Uh, I, I think the sky's the limit for him because athletically he was a freak coming out test-wise. And you saw some reps on his tape where it really got you intrigued about what he could be. And so for him to look good right out the gate, I think that's very encouraging for Bears fans. Was earning some more snaps than even uh, Travis Gibson was in that defense. They're kind of splitting in Gibson's uh, incumbent guy who should have been getting the more snaps. So uh, I think looking that good early on as a fifth rounder, always very encouraging. So I did several of Dominique's games uh, when he was in college at Miami, including last year when they played Army. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about somebody that looks the part, Mike? Yeah. Good gracious. I mean – I would never wear a shirt. I don't care how cold it was. If I was that guy, crazy long arms, totally shredded. I mean, he looked amazing. And uh, I knew he was a prospect. And I knew he didn't even start. Like He wasn't even a starter. Yeah. But they would bring him in. And, um, man, he's got he, – he is what you're looking for from a body type. Um Last question for you, Mike, because I think it's relevant for all of the all the listeners. 2023 draft class, what does it appear to be have a lot of really good at? And what does it appear to be lacking? Because obviously, as this season goes on, people are going to be like, man, we really need this. or we really need that. And it would be good to know whether or not this draft has a bunch of them. Well, it starts quarterback class is back. I mean, I'm not sure it's as good as we saw two years ago. You know, the T-Law, Fields, you know, Trey Lance. I'm not sure it's as good as that class. 
but it's a very good class. And then this running back class is insane. This running back class might be the best class I've seen you know, since we started grading here in 2014 at PFF. You just have so many talented guys between B. John Robinson of Texas, Sean Tucker of Syracuse, uh, Jameer Gibbs of Alabama. Like, there's a lot of guys who, from, you know, compared to last year's class, where it was Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, there's probably about six guys this upcoming class that I put in that tier or above those guys as prospects already. So, running back, back class, super loaded. And then I think it's the best defensive tackle class since probably about 2019, which was the Ed Oliver. Uh, Quinton Williams defensive tackle class, Jeffrey Simmons, like this DT class hasn't been a lot of DTs drafted in the first round since then. I think there's only been like three drafted in the first round since that year. I I think we see four or five go in the first round this upcoming spring. Got it. Quarterbacks, running backs, D tackles, and I'm sure you've seen them, Mike. So this is not like I'm giving you heads up on something, but speaking of running backs, there's a kid from my hometown named Nick Singleton for Penn State. Oh my who god! Who is outrageous? He he's making SEC dudes look slow. True, fr- he was the national player of the year. Stayed home, went to Penn State, and he's been even better than everybody thought he would be. Uh, it's been wild. He's only a true freshman playing his th- three games so far, but keep an eye on that guy. Uh, I think you'll be yeah. talking about him a lot the next couple of years. He looks physically just on a different level, right? Than, than anyone at that size should be. It's it, he's been, he's the real deal. So he, um, they were telling me about him when he was like in seventh and eighth grade, he's two twenty. His lifting numbers are all, like, I think he cleans like four Oh five, like, like honestly, oh. crazy, crazy testing numbers. Um, and he's a great kid, which is yeah. awesome. Mike, you're – can't call you a great kid. You're a great guy. Really appreciate the time. Make sure you're checking him out at PFF underscore Mike. I love he- seeing the grades. I love getting these updates. Really appreciate the time. For sure, Ross. Thanks for having me on, man. And thank you, ExpressVPN. I mean, I'll be flying to Detroit tomorrow, maybe even meeting up with a tuckhead tomorrow night. I'll be on planes, I'll be in airports, I'll be in hotels. That's where ExpressVPN comes in. Watching Netflix or whatever without using ExpressVPN is like going to a casino and only being able to play on the slot machines. Absolutely love the fact that you can change your location to different countries with ExpressVPN and unblock content. Look, I have no idea why certain content is blocked in certain countries by Netflix or whoever. I, I have no idea. But it is. And you can just mess with the different countries. And then you have all kinds of different things available to you. All kinds of different shows. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So be smart. Stop saying paying full price for streaming services and only getting a fraction of their content. If you're going to pay for the streaming service, get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash Tucker. Do not forget to use my link at expressvpn.com slash Tucker to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tux Takes. Hi, Ross. Let's start today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wide receiver Mike Evans suspended for one game. Team signs wide receiver Cole Beasley and Akeem Hicks, who left Sunday's game against the Saints midway through with a foot injury. He's out a month. So a um, couple thoughts here. One is I said it on Monday. I'll say it again. I, I'm not quite sure why Mike Evans got suspended a game and Marshawn Lattimore did not. Lattimore started the contact. Lattimore made it more than just talking. He delivered a blow to Leonard Fournette. So I'm okay with Mike Evans being suspended a game. Mike Evans came in from the side, laid him out, started the melee. Okay. To me, Lattimore probably should have been suspended a game as well. You know, with no Mike Evans and who knows when Godwin will come back and Julio has been banged up, I think Brady just wanted a guy that is smart, can win underneath, reliable, he just has to go down the field with Russell Gage and Cole Beasley and Cam Bray. He'll do it. And as for Akeem Hicks, feels like the Bucks already have a bunch of injuries. And you know what? Let's be honest. That's what happens when you have old guys. When you have older guys, older guys get hurt more than younger guys, period. Ducks takes. Couple of suspensions. Chiefs linebacker Willie Gay suspended four games under uh, the personal conduct policy. And Bills, Bobby Hart, suspended one game for hitting a Titans coach in the head after the game on Monday night. Willie Gay had some type of bad domestic incident um, that is never good, obviously. So four games is a pretty hefty suspension. As for Bobby Hart, I guess, I didn't even know this happened. But I guess after the game in the tunnel, he went after a Titans player. I don't know if they said something to him or they did something on the field he didn't like, but he went after a Titans player. And there was a Titans coach trying to get in between, trying to break it up. And I guess Bobby Hart hit the coach. Yikes. Ducks takes. Browns put defensive end Chase Winovich and tight end Jesse James on IR. And they ban a fan who threw a bottle at owner Jimmy Haslam. I just don't understand some of these fans. You know, I saw the one that kind of smacked Kyler Murray in the face. I don't know what he was trying to do. If he was just drunk and trying to high five him, but he gave Kyler Murray a pretty good shot in the face. I say this half joking, but we, we get to the point where about once every 10 years, we, a fan incident in which a player goes after a fan is not the worst thing in the world to remind fans that these are human beings. You can't just do whatever you want to them. And oh, by the way, there is a chance they come up into the stands and punch you in the face. Ducks takes. 
And finally, Cardinals signed linebacker Devin Kennard. The Texans put starting center Justin Britt on the NFI list. 49ers uh, need a backup quarterback. They signed Kurt Bankert and running back Marlon Mack. Commanders signed Nick Martin. Chase Roulier for Washington, I think, is out for a while, maybe even for the season. So the Commanders needed a center. Justin Britt is the Texans' starting center, but he didn't play in the game this past weekend for personal reasons. Now he's on NFI list. Not sure what's going on there. I hope he's okay. And the other moves are like blah, blah, blah. I'd rather get to an email. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address is ross at rosstucker.com. I am low on emails. I need you to take advantage of a sponsor and send me an email question, please. Ross at rosstucker.com. I'll read and respond to whatever you got, and I love doing it. All right, today's question from Mike. Hey, Ross, after watching the show on CTE, I'm kind of glad I was not that good as a fringe college athlete. Now, I know you take care of your health and get all the checks that you can. How many concussions did you have, and are you worried about CTE? He also said, this is a tuckhead, Mike Shirk. Um, he also said, I've been warming up to mustard after a life on mayo. Mustard tastes so much better than mayo. Mayo's gross. Mustard's healthier than mayo. I, mean, I don't even know what the conversation is. Um, I was never diagnosed with a concussion. Things were a little bit different back then. I can think of three that I'm pretty confident I had. One was a bad one where I got blindsided by Roosevelt Colvin. Two were just hitting linebackers in the head from a five-yard run. Michael Barrow and Danny Clark. And um, I am worried about CTE for sure, which is why I raise money for CTE research and the Concussion Legacy Foundation. It's why I keep up to date on it to try to do some of the things that you can do that are preventative, like brushing with your left, your, your opposite hand or whatever to continue to stimulate the brain. You know, I'm not worried about to the point where it's like debilitating or affects my life but I'm conscious of it and trying to do a few things in small ways to help, whether that's raising money or doing the things for my own cognitive function. Shout outs. Love the shout outs. Love Pizza Boy Brewing. Sport of Culture is a very cool gift. HumanHeadNYC.com is a cool gift. Vinyl Records. SteakhouseSports.com. For those of you who like to make games a little more interesting, go-bangles.com that must be an interesting website these days evergreen economics and then of course the glorious myfrontpagestory.com i know you have to get somebody a gift soon and you don't know what to get them i i'm here to solve all your problems it's myfrontpagestory.com other than that i think we're done here Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.